Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good morning. Um, this is a bit weird. Uh, hang on. Hey, uh, what we're doing? What we're doing this morning is uh, I'm speaking into the to the ladies from the ladies' lounge. Yeah. Um, which is Emma and Anna. Yes. Yay. I'm Mark, but they also happen to be in the piano lounge or what we call the extrude, which is the Mark Burrow show. So it's like a podcast on a podcast. So you got to sort of work it out for yourselves. Um, I think. What is that, nigger? Crossover. When two TV shows. Yeah, this is a yeah, first. The same universe. I, I, leverage, though. I think this is a first, and there's leverage on leverage. Yeah. This is a, that's great. I met, I met these two ladies. Well, they met me, actually. They come and introduced me um, at a like-minded bitches drinking wine event um, where I was a, <laughs> Says it a speaker. Um, they had a, had a couple of white wines under their belt when they come and talk to me, so I, I guess they got a bit of courage coming up. And uh, they sort of said to me, uh, we want to interview you, and, and I thought, well, I don't get interviewed. I do the interviews. And uh, But somehow... <laughs> Turned it. They turned it around and they, they got Nico over here to uh, arrange it and here we are. So we're going to do a podcast and I guess they're going to have a crack at me, have an interview with me. So yeah. what do you want to ask me? Turning the tables. Turn them around. So just for listeners, uh, we're chatting to an Aussie icon here, Mark Burris. Hey, guys. Hey, and um, just to give them a little bit of a, an insight, bit of a recap. <laughs> Keep asking. I'm just going to get a camera off the camera. A recap. Are you getting a photo yeah. of all of our technology? Yes. It's very <laughs> sophisticated here. Um, so he, he's going to dive in and talk to us, but he, he sold Wizard Home Loans for half a bill, among other things. I never disclose that, but that's what the media says. But if you <laughs> want to believe the media, says. believe the media. Well, this is what I want to challenge. I want to find it out. And then also, um, so and he heads up Yellow Brick Road Wealth Management and we're going to chat about that. But also, Mark, I have to ask you, Wizard and Yellow Brick Road, there's got to be some Wizard of Oz thing happening here. Not. <laughs> not. So what's... Th- no, totally not. So Wizard came... The, the, the word Wizard came up as a result of me looking through the dictionary, trying to change the name of the business that used to be... The, the, the old name of the business back, which was sort of a bit of a boring name, I thought, and I wanted to make it retailish. Yeah. So the only reason I came up with the word Wizard is because... It's a, it's a, it's a, there's such people call financial wizards. That was a parlance in those days. And also sporting analogy of he's a wizard on a football field. And I knew a couple of AFL players who called the whiz and uh, rugby league players called the whiz. So I just thought wizard was a good name. But I essentially chose the name because of the lettering. So it's got a, a hard R in there right. and, and it's got a, 
ard. So wizard, wizard. Okay, so why is e- that good? Well, because like good? virgin, it's a it's an easier word to remember. It's so it, it has some uh, strength in the word. Yep. I don't mean sort of emotional strength. I just mean it's, it's a hard sounding word. It's a short word. That's important. And uh, and the view I always take is that um, I don't care whether people like the name or don't like the name. If fifty percent like the name, fifty percent don't like the name. That's fifty percent I didn't have in the first place. The most important thing is they remember the name, and you got to. And if they remember the name for whatever reason, it's irrelevant. Then it becomes about the delivery of the product or the service. So, it's an easy name to remember. It's um, iconic in Australia for a whole lot of reasons. The media come up with the Wizard of Oz, not me. Right. So it was nothing and to I do didn't with find the Wizard that. Of Oz. I just sort of nothing thought, to do. Is they, there a they, relationship? Deter- they just thought I was like you. They thought I, I got it out of the Wizard of Oz because later on, then I came up with Yellow Brick Road, and that wasn't because of the Wizard of Oz either. But it was be- because of Wizard, so I wanted to connect the two. So, okay. Yellow Brick Road was formed at a time when I was still the chairman of Wizard. Yep. Yes. G owned it, mm-hmm. so the idea was to have the Yellow Brick Road business sitting here, doing financial planning and um, you know all the right hand side of the banking balance sheet, and then have Wizard here doing all the asset gathering, which is the mortgage part, and at some stage bring them together. That was the idea. Right. But G sold wizard. Now Yellow Brick Road is not one word and doesn't have a hard R. It it's didn't three words. it didn't need to because it was originally designed to go along with wizard. Okay. What I should tell you now though in terms of no, uh, nomenclature is that Yellow Brick Road is often referred to as YBR. Mm. So, then it, so I, that's where I get the hard R, YBR. Yeah. Right. YBR is you can, just the way I'm saying it, it's better than Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, yes. So YBR is more the name, YBR, YBR. So everything you see in our paraphernalia, et cetera, you'll see YBR, YBR, YBR.com, YBR, YBR is everywhere. Mm. But it takes time to uh, change from Yellow Brick Road to YBR. You know, it's a it's a gradual thing, gradual thing, and, you know, you've got to get our branches talking about it, you've got to get the media talking about it, blah, blah, and hopefully people like you. Yeah, right. So so what we do like to do is actually wind back and find out a bit about the mark before Wizard. Oh, ask Nick. It's my well, son. this is when Nick would have been born. So Haven't you got four sons? Four sons, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have had yeah. four Nick's young the, the third oldest or the second youngest? <laughs> when was Wizard? I think I was alive for that, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know, I'm joking. Of course I was alive. you started Wizard? Um, so I started Wizard in 98. So that's... Uh, Two and sixteen, eighteen years ago, uh, Nick was. was, uh, was he wasn't around much. Eight. Nick was travelling for the. You know, well, ask him. Part, part of Wizard was um, was a securitisation business called AMS, and they sold mortgage-backed bonds in Europe. So, um, Dad just spent a long time over there doing roadshows, basically bundling up Australian mortgages and selling them over in the European debt markets. So, wow. yeah, there was a few months every now and then. That yeah, I would disappear. probably every seven weeks. I used yeah. to go overseas. Yeah, and uh, yeah. be gone for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Most of his life. Yeah. That's yeah. So w- when you were a teenager, though, were you thinking, I want to be a mortgage man? <laughs> didn't know what a mortgage was. <laughs> I was born, I born and bred in Punchbowl and, uh, like, like, you know, when yeah. no one talked about mortgages or anything. I mean, mm. then those days everyone talked about maybe you become a footballer, play rugby league for Canterbury-Bankstown or, um, or be a bricklayer or something. You know, no one really talked about the sophisticated things. Yeah, uh, right. There wasn't something that was in my vocab. So then you go to uni, though, and it becomes in the vocab. No, not really. I, right. Look, I never I, – I, I started to first really understand mortgages. Um, I got my first mortgage. I understood a mortgage when I got one. But I understood – I started to understand the business of mortgages probably more importantly 
when I did my master's degree, which I was sort of like in my mid-20s, and I, one of the areas of my master's degree, well, one of the topics of my master's degree that I did and I, I did my paper on, my thesis on, was um, uh, capital markets. And in the capital markets environment, we studied, I studied secondary markets for mortgages, which didn't exist in Australia, but it was a big market in the US. And uh, I did my, um, my, you know, my major, my, my, I did two majors, but my major in my master's was capital markets in Australia. Later on, um, in like uh, about, say, 10 years later or 15 years later, all of a sudden there's a market started to emerge in Australia. And there weren't too many people around who had the theoretical background on it. Right. Um, and as it emerged, I decided to jump into it. So that's sort of how it all happened. Uh, this market started to emerge and build in Australia, this capital market for mortgages. Yeah. And as Nick said, uh, um, I, I really loved it. I loved the funding side of the wizard business and how you fund and how you fund at the same price the banks do. And um, how you go to overseas markets and um, sell and issue bonds. Uh, which with mortgage backed, mortgage backing them, mm. sort of a complex structure thing, but uh, it was cool, it was fun. I was going to get to like some big nitty gritty stuff mm. because these are like huge businesses. They, you need teams, you need good people. How mm. do you find those people, and have you taken those people from Wizard to YBR? Um, you know, you're the guy at the top, but you've got massive, massive networks of people underneath you. Well, you look, it's, it's interesting you say it because for many years I worked and, and this was an issue yesterday that came up in an annual general meeting that I was at. Uh, yes, uh, the two the two components for Wizard and Yellowbrick Road to a lesser extent, but nonetheless Yellowbrick Road's an acquiring company. So we buy lots of businesses, Wizard never did. Um, it only bought one business called AMS, which Nick raised, which was the securitisation business. But what I needed to have during that period was a very good thinker, strategic thinker in an investment banking sense, and that was my brother, right. Adrian Boris, who's, who's, a, who's a lawyer. And Adrian worked with me in the law firm back in uh, 2000 and – oh, sorry, no, I can't remember, um, 1985 or something. And uh, another young fellow called Mark Houston. Now, Mark Houston is has been my lawyer – through the wizard days, he worked with me back in 1985. He's been through the wizard days. Now Mark is a senior partner of a, of a medium-sized law firm and he's still the company's lawyer and still does all our deals. Adrian left there, that law firm, and went to work in an investment banking environment. He became he was a managing director of ING, the investment bank. They pulled out of Australia. He now runs and has run for many years his own. He was on the board of SOCGEN, Society General in Australia. He was a director of Hambrose, the London investment banker. He then now runs his own M&A business. So they formed the spine of my corporate advice, my um, legal structure. And everything we do um, is around the, that territory, whether we're buying a new business in Yellow Brick Road or in the wizard days, whether we're issuing bonds or selling a business. I always um, revert to those two guys for counsel. And there's nobody better in the world to revert to for counsel than your brother, your family. Mm, there's no yeah. one better. And there's no one better to refer to for legal counsel than someone you've known since they're like 23 years of age, who's, yeah. which is Mark Houston. Yeah. So I actually see some similarities with some other businesses that we know where it's brother teams working. And would you recommend people to do that if they're going through a scale phase in their business to, you know, bring in that family member and help them scale their business? Um, I don't know if Adrian helps me scale, my, my brother scales my business. I, I 
I just think you've got to have someone behind you to clean up. I mean, there used to be an old saying many, many years ago, it wouldn't apply today, but in the wizard days where they used to say, Mark cuts, Adrian sews. So, <laughs> you know, I would go in there and carve something up yeah. um, and then Adrian would follow back behind me make sure it was all put together again. And so in terms of achieving scale, you've got to be a bit frantic mm-hmm. and you've got to make mistakes. So during that period, you can't just leave a mess and you need to have someone you can totally rely upon who's not going to judge you, who's not going to uh, go weak at the knees. And who better than that than your brother or your sister or your uncle or your auntie or someone or your dad or your mum or whatever, someone family because you trust wow. your family. So you need to know they're not going to go weak at the knees. So they're going to follow through and just stitch up behind you. And that allows you then to get out the front and do all the slashing that you need to do. And because have you always felt like a slasher? Have you always felt like a front I, I, I'm at the front. I'm, I, you have to be frantic because in my business I'm taking on the banks. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. taking on, on 100-year-old banks who are the most uh, profitable banks in the world in terms of market capitalization. They are four of the best-rated banks in the world on any on any uh, benchmark, standard pause, et cetera. So, you know, by... There's no stretch of the imagination. We are taking on total institutions. So the only way I can play them is not play their game. I have to play a different game. So recently, Cronulla won the Rugby League Grand Final and they beat the institutional Rugby League team, which plays beautiful football, which is Melbourne, okay? Everything's perfect. Cronulla beat them because they play a little bit frantic football and they spoil. I'm a disruptor. I've got to spoil. I've got to be Cronulla. And to some extent, Cronulla's a team full of misfits, Maybe you shouldn't say that, but I, that's my <laughs> view of it, right? Well, I tell you, a company like Yellow Brick Road or Wizard, we had to be a bit full of misfits and we have to be not predictable. We have to be unpredictable. Yeah. But at the same time, I've got to be able to predict what's going to happen and that's where solid people come in, good quality people come in and family's the best. I mean, I, I, for me, there's nobody better than family and I put it into my boys' heads, um, you know, they're the same. Look, they've got one sitting over here right now. Mm. There's nobody I would rely on more in relation to what we do here and all our aspirations in relation to the Mark Burra show more than my son Nick. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And the same applies to all these brothers. Yeah. And um, I actually think there's not enough of this going on in society today. And small businesses are all out there doing this. Every small business. You two are probably best mates. We are. Well, we mates. are. Yeah. And you have to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have an right. amazing partnership. I'm just looking at the way you're talking. I mean, you're yeah. sort of talking for her and she's talking for you. <laughs> you're like you're joined at the shoulder. You know, yeah, and, and that works. Yeah, yeah the values. But are it's aligned. hard to find. We are very, very lucky and um, very grateful for. Yeah. But when you find it, you stick with it. Oh, and you know yeah. what you got to do? You got to roll with the punches because it's not always perfect. You know, and no. sometimes you're going to be down, and you're going to be up, and it's going to be the other way. But like you were talking, how your your brother and you you have different skill sets, and that's the the power of this. And I will say to you, we fight like crazy. You're men. No, but we do. <laughs> we argue over everything. Yeah, everything. Like we but have. That means you must get the right answer from. Well, he won't. He will, he'll tell me what I need to hear, and I'll tell him what he needs to hear. Yeah. I mean, and that's the most important thing that we we be say to each other what's what we need to hear. A lot of times, people who work for me, they tell me what I want to hear. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. they're upward managing. Yeah. And so, uh, so, are you saying that you think there's less of this family unit stuff working together now? Well, there's not necess- not just family. There's 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 too much corporatization and political correctness and. Uh, you know, me or somebody. That's ego stuff, though. Well, really. it's, it's sort of like false. Um, people yeah. are people are being false about it. They're, they're in, t- in trying to do what they considered is the legally right thing and appropriate and politically correct, etc. 
we're actually losing that, um, that, that raw emotion and that raw energy that we get from people who challenge us. You know, like I often have stouches with Nick. He'll tell me what he thinks and that's important. And he, he works sometimes in our office. He sees my brother and I know my brother, Uncle Age, his uncle, annoys the shit out of him. <laughs> um, and, and, but he, and he annoys the shit out of me too. But we also know what we're going to get. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's no correctness between us. And does that come because you've got such a clear vision of where you're taking your businesses, how you're growing them, you know, the changes in the market, et cetera, that you have to align to to, to be, meet your I'll vision? I'll be honest with you, I, I don't have a clear vision. I have a – I know where I want to end up. Yeah. But my vision zigzags and uh, what I – and I have to be because uh, conditions are changing all the time. Yeah, of course. So – But you know the end goal. I know where I want to end up and but I'm always realigning my process of getting there, how to execute – because I get blockages put in the front of me all the time. Mm. Um, did, did you have a vision that you would sell that for half a billion? No way. No, 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 no. no. But I have to say James Packer did. James always took the view that when he invested in my business in 99, right. 1999, that he, that's where he would land. Um, um, and because I think, he, look, for me it was sort of outside of my imagination. Mm. Not outside his imagination because he grew up like that. So that's, he saw it. He saw that. Well, he had an ambition. I don't know if he saw it, but he had an ambition for it. Um, I would never be so bombastic or arrogant to think that you could do something like that. I mean, it's just a ridiculous number, a number that... But was that because of your age and stage and now you... No, were... just how, where I grew up. Um, for him, it's not unusual to think like that. Um, yeah. You know, it's not an unusual thing for him. They, he had greater sight on because of his environment, greater sight on what could possibly happen and also cheeky enough to ask that sort of money. I would never th- have thought that. Today I do, but then I'm talking about... Uh, Where do you get that cheek that. from? Where do you think the cheekiness comes from to do that? Uh, I'm cheeky in that I'll have a go at anything. Um, anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, in any sort of, whether it's business or whatever, I'll just, I'm like that. Uh, and is that because you have confidence because you have evidence of how you've been, that you're successful? No, I've always been that way. So okay. it's, it's, it's a matter of that I, I, I don't, look, for me, I don't care. I'll have a crack at anything. Mm. So because I don't care. Right. What I mean is I don't care about the consequence. I don't, I'm not thinking, oh, well, hang on, this one, that might, what about you this? You don't worry about the failure. I do worry about it, but I don't, but I don't, I don't do, I'm not doing it because I want to make a whole lot of dough. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing it because I'm doing it. And I'm in it and I'm committed to it, I'm going to do it. That's it. That's the end of the story. That's, there's nothing else about it. I mean, like, this morning I didn't really want to have to go to work because um, I, got, I got absolutely hammered yesterday by the ABC and unfairly. Right. And I was up to 11 o'clock last night dealing with lawyers and PR people and, you know, all the usual shit you've got to deal with. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to have to mop up what the ABC has uh, laid before me for the next two weeks. You know, they, they come in and uh, in a search and destroy mission and uh, they put out their view and then what I have to do is I have to sort all the, all the crap out now for, for two weeks. They hurt a lot of people. They hurt a lot of people in my business, wrongly, unnecessarily and uh, without proper evidence, one. So I didn't feel like having to go do with that this week and next week. Um, but when I, when, I, when I got out of bed and had a coffee, I thought, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? Right. I'll just go and do what I've got to do. I was yeah. going to say, how do you reconcile that when you've got everything coming at you? you, know, just, you just... Well, because, because if I sit back and think, I've got all this stuff coming at me, nothing will happen. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and get in my bed and pull the cover yeah. over like everyone and just say, I'm not getting out of bed. You stay the same. But the best thing to do is get up and go and get a coffee, go downstairs, get a coffee or whatever it is, and uh, get my gym gear and go to the gym, <coughs> go do my normal stuff, have a 
Uh, have those things out. part of your daily routine and the consistency to enable you to every day be performing the way you do every day. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of battle scarred too. So you know I'm I'm an old guy. I've been around a long time, and uh, <laughs> and you get a bit hardened to it. Like it takes a fair bit to get through my armor these days because I've been you know hit. You're scarred, you know, yeah. your body gets scarred over time. And yeah. I guess I got that advantage now because I've just been through it so many times, been through so many cycles of this process where one minute they're building you up here like you're a superhero and the next minute they're calming you up down yeah. here. And uh, they're not just me, just generally. And so uh, I'm sort of used to that process. I, I feel sorry for anybody who's a young person who's just starting out that way because yeah. it can be, I can imagine it be devastating. And it's a lot worse today than it ever has been. I can tell you now the difference between the wizard period right. and the YBR period, that 15-year period where you guys are now, yeah. it's more brutal. It's what, not- because of the rise of social? Social yeah. and just the rise of media generally. And the media, because of the rise of social, the mainstream media have uh, less... Um, a, a more, a more uh, rabid, yeah. so they they have to take more risks. Yeah, and be so more brutal. Much more brutal, mm-hmm. and and brutality sells news. Yeah, today, unfortunately, um, and the, well, they have to get cut through. I suppose they'd be like, oh, because you know, they're not they're going to get left behind. They're going to get left behind. Social's going to take over. Yeah, and digital will push through, and they'll be going. Oh my god! So my job's at risk. So I've got to go and rip in. Yeah. So can I ask you a bit of a maybe a bit of a personal question? You've obviously had mentors along the way to enable you to grow the networks that you have, like to become buddies with James Packer is pretty big. <laughs> um, how would you tell people to find mentors? And do you still have mentors? Like so many people look up to you. How do you, who do you look up to? Uh, I look, I'll be honest, I've never really had anybody who I've chosen as my mentor. Yeah. You know, like I haven't said to someone, would you be my mentor? Whatever. No. Uh, mentors, I, I, but I've been with people who I've learned from. Yep. And I've watched them and learned from them. So, good example. Kerry Pack is a good example of an obvious mm. one. Um, but a guy called David Bavsky is another obvious one. He was the senior part of the law firm I was at. Um, I learned a lot from him. Um, and I was lucky in those environments. I had a lot of clients, like clients of the firm, who were big names. Okay. Um, and uh, and I saw a lot of interesting things to do and a lot of interesting things not to do in terms of how you react or and, how, and or how you act. Um, and over time, I've sort of compile that in my own head. So I wouldn't say I had anybody I used to turn to. Um, and today, it's around the other way. I mean, now today people turn to me and uh, and in some respects it can be a bit lonely, but but I, I will, but I, in that regard, because there's nobody I can turn to, um, but I turn to my team. Yeah. And again, I revert to family. Yeah. Family is the, you know, they're the ones you trust at the end of the day. You know, like, yeah. how you going, Dad? Or to my brother. Like, last night I was with my brother, like, you know, and you get some solace sitting there. I mean, I feel like having a few beers or something with him, but, but I couldn't do that because I'm, you know, it just wasn't appropriate. <laughs> but, but it, like, at least he came into my office and we said blah, 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 and we talked about it, you know, and uh, end of story. And uh, then he texts me and I text him and then and my mum rang me last night and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then, I, you know, I, I, she left a message and I rang her back and actually my mum was crying last Aww. night about the, about the, the ABC Having a go. Uh, um, radio thing, which was totally wrong and untrue. Um, but but at the same time, it's a, it's a great feeling that you get to talk to your mum even if she's crying. Yeah. It's a great. It's actually. It's a. It makes you makes me feel comforted, to be honest mm. with you. And so that's do a great you think feeling. people need to get more connected then and sort of oh, absolutely. remember to reconnect with the family? Hundred yeah. percent. And every opportunity you get to connect with the family because you know as you get older, it's different when you're young. I didn't really appreciate this when I was young, but as you get older, 
you realise that's all there is. Yeah. Honestly, like that and a few close friends who and that's never judge you. Is how you keep growing and how you stay strong. And, and that's how you stay strong because you yeah. know you got your platform. You got your six, eight, ten people maybe yeah. um, who never judge you, always support you no matter what. And I'm lucky. I've got one of those people is someone who actually adds value in my yellow brick road business, which is my brother, who adds great value. He's a, a spine of the business. Yeah. And uh, and then he has his connections who give. Mm. So I get support from them too. So like in terms of advice as to how to run this business, how to what, how are we how are we going to get what strategically what are we going to do here? Mm. Um, so I'd say to anybody who's listening to either one of us, <laughs> either podcast, we do podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd be saying to people, one of the lessons I learned or I was reminded of yesterday is make sure that you have people who are close to you in your business life and in your life because it is a lonely thing being a small business owner in this country. Yeah. And one thing is for sure, the media are brutal. They will not support you if they just choose to write to, to do a story because it's just going to fill in a gap. Mm-hmm. And most of us need the media at some stage or other to expand our, our concept, our retail, our brand, yeah. Yeah. some form of media. You're very good at that. Well, I'm good at it, but equally I'm... I, I'm, 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 I'm open for it too. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big target. I've got a yeah. big yeah. red circle with another dot in the middle of it painted on my back. Yeah. So it's easy to get. So you just remember, the, the better you get at it, the bigger a target you are. Yeah. That's true. So therefore, what does drive you then? If I mean, you could, you're in, you know, you're very resourced. You could just be like, no, I'm going to go and leave it all and... Winning. Right. It's that game. Mm. I'm not... Let, I, I'm, I, no, it's not just a game for me. It's... It's what I consider is what's right or wrong. Yeah, so you put I mean. me in a corner and it's wrong, I'll fight you to the end. Mm. And that's what drives me. I will not let somebody, because there's a lot of people now affected by that. So I've got 250 branches across Australia. I, of those branches, on average, they'd have two people in there. Some have got five, six people. My vow business has like that, 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 that since it would have 1,200 people. I've got 100 people staff. There's a couple of thousand people who are all affected by what some journalist has decided to make a big story out of. So what all that does is galvanise me because yeah. I'm not going to let these people be affected. No. So it's, it's not just – it's the principle. Yeah. And, you know, and people say, oh, yeah, right. It is the principle. Now, we all have worked hard to build a good business here. I'm not going to let someone cut my legs from under me and everybody else who is involved in me, collaborates with me, is my colleague – I'm not going to let someone cut our legs from under us just because they decided to fill in 30 seconds on a on a news yeah. program. No way. Yeah. That's a cheap shot. Yeah. And just like if I was in the ring and somebody got a cheap shot at me, I would punish them for having a cheap shot at me. Mm. And that just doesn't work in life. And that's where I come from. Now, I'm old school in that regard. Mm. And I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, I've got to be careful here because, you know, we're going to upset this person. That you know, Fuck that. No way. No way. It's not going to happen. And that's what drives me. It's right. my personality. Right. Yeah, that, so that's uh, your values. You know, you, you, if your mother rang you up, mm. upset, like actually upset, yeah. noticeably upset that someone had said something about, about you that was wrong and incorrect and unfair, how would you respond? It's like soul destroying. Yeah. Correct. Not yeah. for me. I don't get upset, but my mum said I'm upset for her. Yes. Yeah. She's 80, 80 years old, odd years of age. I'm, that's not cool. No. Somebody is – and that sort of thing drives me. Yeah. yeah. Then I, and I woke up this morning, like I was bouncing around once I got my coffee. I thought, yeah, hey, let's get into it. Go, no, Come on, bring it on. Happy yep. day. Bring it on. You can see how I am today. 
<laughs> you can. You've got fire. <laughs> yeah, but I love it and yes, it's sort of yeah, got yeah. me going. You know, got you and it's going. a great thing, you know, otherwise it would be more humdrum and I'm actually happy that you're here interviewing me. So mm. it gives me a chance to talk about it because otherwise so you, I don't have an opportunity yes. to talk about it. Yeah. I would not have been able to talk about this because I can't talk about it on my own show because I can't be talking about me. But you're interviewing me. You're giving me an opportunity to talk about me. Aren't you lucky? It's your lucky day. It is my lucky day. In and it is. Everything's aligned. So the media, we're learning about very intensively, I think. And ironically, we're building a media agency for our listeners mm. and to educate people better about this, to help them build their confidence and their strength and get that winning mentality because it's bloody hard in business. <laughs> it's, well, you know, like who stands up for the 2.2 million small business owners in this country? Who stands up for them? Nobody. They're all out there on their own doing their best. Mm. And to all different degrees, they're all confronted with the sort of problems I'm talking about. You lose confidence. Um, you started uh, not believing yourself. You know, you have a have a, a six-month bad period because the economy is happening, what, not going too well for you, whatever. Who stands up for these people? Who actually goes and lifts them up and says, come on, you're okay, you're going good, keep going? Who yeah. does that? Yeah. Other than their family, nobody does it. The government talk about innovation, nation, all sort. They do, they do nothing. No, government don't step in. Banks don't help you. Media definitely doesn't help you. Media never talks about a good story. They want no. to go and talk about someone who's gone bankrupt or something. They'd rather talk about. It. They never talk and come and say, "Look at these two young ladies here, start up the ladies' lounge." Which media has ever rung you up and said, "Can we talk about you?" No, none. Well, no, well, they should be. Yeah, yes. they should because why, why always to the negative? Why can't we be on Why does it – we should have a, a radio station that's called Positive Radio and yeah. only positive stories. Ooh, Absolutely. That's a good brand. Yeah, it is. It, so, so to those small business owners then that need that lift, what would be, say, three nuggets that you would – because they'll, they'll be listening. So, well, you, you, you've got to have you got to have your A team. You've got to have a team that – a team of people, whether it's two or three or one, doesn't matter – who you can always fall back on, someone you can bounce stuff off. That's the first thing. And someone who you trust, someone yeah. you've got history with. That's the first thing. Yeah. And you're not looking for the best lawyer in the country, the best investment bank in the country, the best accountant. It doesn't matter. It's just someone who's got insight and understands you and someone you trust and is always going to be. That's the first thing. Yeah. Second thing, don't start to believe what other people start to say about you. Don't ever believe it. Believe what you, believe what you know about yourself. Even if they're saying um, <clears throat> positive things about you which are – Maybe not quite true either. So in other words, don't believe in your own bullshit yeah. and all the bullshit of others, mm. whether it's negative or positive. Just know yourself and know what your capable capabilities are. And I think the third thing is don't uh, sit there and think to yourself, uh, what's the plan, like what am I going to do this month, the next month, the month? You can have a plan, but don't get too caught up in it. Just think of the outcome at the end and be prepared to zigzag. So... There's nothing wrong with bouncing around the place because conditions change all the time. So you've got to be able to change with it. You've got to keep moving around with it and change with the conditions as they change because um, you don't control any of that. No. You don't control the economic curve. You don't control the environment. You don't control the cycles. You don't control uh, what everybody's talking about at the moment. You, all you can do is move into that and move with it and sort of zigzag and sort of roll with it all the time. Don't get too caught up in, oh, that's my plan. My plan's not going right. I mean, how am I going to fix this? Because people do. They get very, very... Get too focused. ...caught up and then they're not fluid and they're rigid. Correct. But that's, I mean, you've got to be focused, but don't get so... Don't let focus be the your 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 ruler. Don't let it control you. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll send you, send you crazy. You'll go crazy. so important, I think, in... Yeah, you've got to be. You've got to have. You've got to have liquid. Uh, you've got to be liquid. You've got to be flexible. You're yeah. right. You've got to be able to move around the place. Yeah, totally. Now, I did read that you were shifting into the franchises. So, I just wanted to wrap. Yeah. Well. Up a bit uh, okay. Well. That. Okay. Well. I'll, 
what we've done now, Emma, is we've actually, Yellowbrick Road has actually um, created all our branches to become franchisees. So as of this month, everybody's across the board in Yellowbrick Road is a franchisee. That's important because um, it allows us to attract more franchisees because the franchise is more valuable than just having a licence to operate under our brand. But um, more importantly, it sort of aligns us with the branch. Yeah. So they own the business, they work in the business, it's valuable for them because they can build up the value of the franchise. So not only are they getting paid weekly, you know, in, in terms of um, commissions and et cetera, but they're building a business which they can sell. And so they can build some goodwill for the future. Yeah, and then how can a success? And correct. And, and I'm, you know, we've set up 250 small businesses around Australia already. Um, and, uh, you know, there's thousands of jobs come off the back of it and people who are preparing for their retirement. So I'm actually taking the burden away from the government. These guys are going to pay for their own retirement. They're not yeah, going to be living off the correct. country's purse. That's amazing. And again, flexibility. And franchises are important. Yeah. That's how you achieve it. Okay. Now I'm going to have to say I've got to go because I'm yes. going to go and have a shower and get ready for work. <laughs> but you got to you got to tell me you got to go too because this is your show as well. Yes, yeah, oh. so we've got to go, Mark. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> have these amazing flexible lifestyles oh. where it's all fame and glamour and stuff. We're going to go and try and Not. hit up John McGrath now. Good on you. Go <laughs> we're for off to Naomi yeah, we and yeah. John. Yeah. We're, well, we're telling him you just spoke to me. There. He's a good bloke, John. Yeah. Yeah. Good bloke. So. See you guys. <laughs> amazing. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Mark. Amber and Anna. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au. Listener.